This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Dr. Nicole, and we are here with... Dr. Nick. So today, we are actually going to be digging into our story and journey uh, through entrepreneurship. And the reason we're deciding to do this is because we we really want to showcase the the realness of of what really unfolds to create a business. But I think it's important also that we're also coming from a place of of walking the walk and not necessarily just talking the talk. And I know that even just in a recent certification I've gone through, there's a lot of individuals that are in the coaching space that are coming from the corporate realm and they are now you know, kind of moving into what they call quote unquote retirement and they're moving into the coaching space, but they actually have not experienced true entrepreneurship. And I think that we all know that from corporate structure and working your way up that ladder to building a business from scratch and all of the pain points that come along with that, it's a pretty different experience. And there's going to be roadblocks in the type of advice they can give when they haven't gone through those experiences because those experiences, they they challenge every single part of you. It's, it's definitely a different type of grind. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it challenges everything from, you know, your your belief systems to your limiting beliefs to you know, your your leadership skills, your ability to be committed to continue to grow. Um, it challenges you from a, a fear perspective because you have the responsibility of others when you have employees. And you also have the responsibility of your family because if things don't work out, no one's bailing you out. It's your business. Yeah. And I mean, it's not that you can argue that CEOs of these other big companies that they're not in charge of a lot of people, that all these things don't affect them. Uh, but we've seen, even in this past year, how many of these major businesses go out of business, declare bankrupt, but at the same time, those executives were handed a nice paycheck to be able to leave. So there's a definitely a different aspect of skin in the game uh, when you're coming from you know that executive uh, aspect through uh, big business. Uh, versus really just growing a business from a startup to an entrepreneurship. Yeah, listen, corporate model, they have a lot of struggles and a lot of pain points, and they have a lot, a lot of pressure on them. And they have to keep a lot of people happy from board of advisors and higher ups and so on and so forth. But you know, when you're when you're building a business from scratch, there is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears um, and money that goes in before you ever have a return. You know, you don't have that security of a paycheck. Um, and there's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't even pay themselves for years upon years. 
So, you know, we're going to really just share some of the lessons um, and pretty much the wild ass story <laughs> of, of the creation of both of our companies and, and really what, what's happening, you know, moving forward, because we're not really stopping at, at two companies. We actually have another company in the works right now. And we are dabbling in industries that I think a lot of people would say, oh, well, a doctor, like, you know, wh- who do you think you are kind of getting in, into that industry? And, you know, we were having a, a conversation prior to hopping on here. And, you know, we've heard this term like stay in your lane. <laughs> we've heard the term stay in your lane when it comes to how we were practicing medicine to, you know, how we decided to to show up for our clients and also how we are now in, in this business and entrepreneurship coaching realm. Um, but fuck that. <laughs> we don't ever stay in our lane. <laughs> to a point. To a point. So... You know, the journey really started in uh, in 2010, uh, I guess 2011, because uh, you and I, we, we got done with school. We decided to work for other practices for a short amount of time to get some experience. My biggest goal was to have experience more in the business realm because nobody gives you a background in that, especially when you're going through, you know, any type of, of schooling, if it's, you know, chiropractic, medical, naturopathic, so on and so forth. So that was one of my biggest aspirations was, you know, how can I learn from someone who's really succeeding in business? Um, I am a terrible employee. So So that didn't last very long. It didn't last very long. And, you know, I think that I was just faced with this question of, you know, what am I going to do? You know, rebuild another practice because I like kind of quit, but I mainly got fired. That's a whole separate story. Um, you know, am I going to really just recreate another practice that I know I don't want to stay in this location um, and then have to, you know, start over later again? Or am I just going to go for it now? And, <laughs> the you know, one of the points to make about this is that on paper, Nick and I did not have what you would think is required to start a business. We didn't have the finances. We didn't have the experience. We didn't have, you know, the, we didn't even have the knowledge of how to run a business. All we had was passion and perseverance and a huge mission to change how healthcare was being done. And when your why is big enough, what we found out, I mean, we all understood this when deep in human behavior and personal development that people always talk about, you know, when the why is big enough, the how will figure itself out. And but you have to be but, so committed. So the the thing is, it's like your why better be huge when you don't know shit like us, because there was almost multiple weeks, months on end where we'd pretty much be crying every single night because we're like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Well, we also went against the grain when we created the practice. So number one, we were offering services that were classified as weird, woo woo, unscientific Till now, they're the biggest trends ever. And second to that is we decided to be a cash practice. And, you know, so we're this new practice with zero reputation, a cash practice amongst a community that has a variety of practitioners that are insurance based. And it was we, you know, it, it was a slow and steady growth. Like you could easily open your doors in that insurance model and be super busy, but you're screwing yourself in the long term. Every practice, ask any doctor, they all want to get away from insurance because it has a lot of its a lot of drawbacks. It has some benefits, but it has drawbacks. 
And we knew that that's what we were forecasting for the future. So we decided we're going to do this right off the bat. And we're just going to be really good at what we do and be very client focused and be very results driven. And we knew that it was going to be a slow creation, but we were committed to that. But yes, there were so many times that we were just like, what the hell are we doing? You know, are we absolutely out of our minds? And, you know, we just kept envisioning the the creation of of this busy practice where everyone was happy to come and everyone was smiling and we were working with families and we just we, we did a lot like we got out there. We the first event that we ever did was a three day surf festival and we did muscle work on 300 people. That was probably like for what? free, by the way, six months before our doors ever opened. Yeah. And we just we hustled, hustled, hustled and did what we had to do. We didn't have money for advertising. We did not have the means to, you know, do Facebook ads or anything of the sort. You know, I created the website. You know, we created our own business cards and branding on, you know, Vistaprint. Canva wasn't a thing at the time. So, you know, there was definitely if we had more guidance and we had more mentorship, I think that we could have done things better. But at, at the time, it's just we didn't have those resources, but we did have a huge why. And even from the decision to start the business to getting to New Jersey, because we were living in Seattle at the time, we literally had the car breakdown acquired about $3,500 in um, fees. We had two uh, speeding tickets. Uh, We pretty much got stuck in Iowa, ended up having to trade cars because the Jeep that broke down couldn't uh, pull the trailer the rest of the way to New Jersey. So Nick lost his car that he absolutely loved. Um, Arrived to New Jersey, took us over a year to find a practice or a location, I should say, that we liked. Um, we were so unbelievably fortunate that the landlord that we ended up working with covered our build out and allowed us to pay him back interest free, which we would have never been able to open and survive because we were not eligible for a loan coming out of school with pretty much no income, one barely a year of um, of work history and a boatload of student debt. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. 20 some banks denied us. Yeah. 26. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we slept on an air mattress for eight months in my loud ass Italian family's house where people were screaming about forks being left in the sink. And then the air mattress started to deflate. So we were waking up like the contents of a taco every morning and we would roll out of the bed and uh, pretty much do body work on ourselves immediately um, because we were pretty much in pain. <laughs> And then talking about human behavior and what's most important to you, I cried the day that I sold my tri-bike uh, to be able to buy some equipment for the office. Yeah, there was a lot of those things that I I feel like you had more things than me when it came to, you know, some of your athletic hobbies. But um, yeah, between selling your tri-bike, we sold the trailer that we had. Um, you know, we we definitely made a lot of sacrifices in that time in order. Oh, also, side note, uh, valet parking and we both bartended. We were literally had to be humble as F as we are doctors and we're getting a bartending certification so that we can bartend because our business is not off the ground. 
Um, so that was quite the humbling experience. Yeah. So if you're a valet parker and you valet park my car, you're always excited because I always tip the shit out of you because I got stiffed so many times. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it was interesting. But, you know, I remember, you know, go. we did all of this because it was just, you know, the grind and we had to do what we had to do. But, you know, as we moved into, you know, business is things were, it was like a little bit of a honeymoon phase once things were really running. Like after probably about a year and a half, we started to have some more employees and these employees were just like amazing people. Some of them were referrals from like friends and family. So it became this very tight knit family environment. And I I just want to say this for the individuals that have this small business that you have employees that have been with you uh, for a while, or you have employees that are family or friends or, you know, referrals from family and friends is that that type of business, if you do want to grow and scale, it, it sh- it's going to shift and you don't have a reality of pain points. So you have an opportunity to either go through the pain points and learn for yourself, which totally blows, which we're going to talk about soon, or you have the opportunity to negate that from ever happening. Because when we decided to expand for the third time, this was requiring us to fully move locations. And we created what we called the super center. And we were so over the moon about this. And we were expanding our team, expanding our services. We were creating a detox facility that was attached to um, the office. And, you know, we were just so excited about all of this. And we thought, okay, well, we're just going to expand the team. You know, that's that's what we need to do. And we didn't have systems. We didn't have policies, procedures. We didn't have those things because we kind of just were getting by without it. We didn't need it. You know, it's as as we grew, we put on, looked for solutions of what we really need from the pain points. But we didn't really have those pain points until we shifted into a a big boy and big girl business, I guess you could call it. We always joke that we had to put on our big girl and big boy pants when we did this. <laughs> I, of course, wore the female pants and Paul wore the masculine ones. <laughs> but I really can't even say, like, it was rough. It was so, so rough. We just really thought we were expanding our team. And little did we know is, like, we we didn't have a designated manager. We didn't have a designated HR team. You know, we hired some individuals that were trying to get out of the New York City rat race that came from corporate models that were challenging us on every PTO policy and HR policy. And we then had individuals that were like, nobody kind of like, we we were hiring individuals that liked the idea of what we did but had very little buy-in to truly what we did. Like there was a lot of people attracted to our industry because they thought, oh, well, I'm coming from the New York City rat race. I'm just going to like work at this place and we're just going to like do saunas on our lunch breaks and we're going to drink like matcha lattes and it's going to be so awesome. And, you know, we're just going to like do yoga. And little did they know of how hard we worked and we busted our butts to provide some of the best you know, healthcare out there. And it was something that it was our own issue because we didn't do our due diligence with the hiring process. And it was as as you go through and you, we get frustrated because we're like, oh my God, it's just another pain point, another pain point, another pain point, especially from the startup when you have no idea what you're doing, like us. 
uh, you run into all these pain points and you tend to at first, you know, resent them and hate them, but you quickly realize that they're your best teacher. Uh, they're really coming into your life to be able to show you what systems we didn't have in place, uh, to be able to learn from, to be able to lay down that foundation and then to be able to grow again. You know, it's kind of like every single time, you know, we talked about it, it's like that was our, what, our third or fourth uh, growth transition expansion of the, of the business and right before each one of those is like we got comfortable and knowing in life that when you're comfortable you stop growing so you don't have personally to, and professionally you don't have to necessarily grow the business bigger but we need to be able to challenge so that we don't stay in that comfort zone so depending on our why we continue to grow the size of the business because we wanted to uh, to be able to provide more services, um, yada, yada, yada. But understanding that it, it was kind of the pleasure pain, pleasure pain, pleasure pain. It was like, life is great. You know, profitability is awesome, finally. And then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I'd rather just go back in debt again and grow. And that's really the the cycle of of all types of growth, whether it's personal or business, is that we get to a point that we've kind of conquered the demons, we've conquered the problems, but it's new level, new devil. So it's always about stepping in to a bigger aspect of you, a bigger vision of the business to be able to grow, support, and really just achieve those goals. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know. So if you are moving up another ladder that, you know, this is something that you have not experienced thus far like you don't even know what to anticipate or expect from the pain point perspective but if you do have someone who's mentoring you that has walked the walk then you're able to walk in prepared and it's not expecting the worst but it's being prepared for anything yeah it's like we finally had some really good mentors going through that process to help us because they're like starting out we just opened up the door and walked through it and we didn't know what kind of monster was on the other side and now it's like when you have intelligent mentors that's gone through the process before you pretty much like why we get so excited about helping people go through this journey now is that we can pretty much pre-frame you to be able to see what monsters are on the other side of the door so that you don't open it and just get smacked in the face yeah and what you said about you know growing is growth kills cash but there's really strategic ways of, of going about this. And I find that in the beginning of our business, uh, a lot of our decisions were based on passion, perseverance, and that further vision. But I will definitely say that not a lot of it was data-driven. And it was because we didn't have the tools to really know how to forecast for that. But we just knew that from a mission perspective, like this is what we had to do to make that bigger impact. So, you know, I say this primarily because I think that there's a very comfortable balance of risk and reward. Well, risk and reward, but risk and and being strategic. So there was definitely in the beginning a lot of lack of strategy, but there was a, a lot of that passion and perseverance, which overrode, you know, the fear and allowed us to take more risk. And I, I definitely think this is really important when you have someone who is coaching you in business is that when you're working with someone from that, like someone that comes from a corporate model is they don't have a lot of experience with the risk versus um, strategy data, primarily because you have to be able to answer to a board of directors as to why you're making a certain decision. And if the numbers don't add up, they don't want to hear it. 
But if you are working in a entrepreneurial based business, you know, you'll find that there's some things that they're like, no, this is really not a great decision because of X, Y, and Z. But, you know, this is going to be hard for X amount of months, but this is what the expected outcome is. This is risky, but we think that it's what's going to make sense for how to move the company forward. And you definitely need to be able to work on that and focus on, you know, the pros, the cons, or the positives and the drawbacks and weigh it all out and be strategic. But like we talked about in a different podcast is, you know, are you able to be okay with the worst possible outcome? And a, and a big part of that is, you know, if you go through that checklist of the worst possible outcome, you know, it's going to be okay. All these things not going to destroy you. And the benefit is there, but it's also going back to your team, to the culture. And it's like, are you going to be able to step in and be vulnerable to be able to allow people to, to see the truth, to, to say like, you know, these next couple of months, this next couple of quarters, this is going to be rough, um, but we're in this together and this is why we're doing this. We're not doing this. A, it's not going to be forever, so don't get don't get scared. This isn't the new normal, but it's just a, a time frame to be able to go through uh, some changes. Anytime we have change, we have a gain and a loss, so it's about allowing people to see what losses are going to be uh, occurring so that we can prepare for them both mentally, emotionally, as well as physically. And then at the same time, being able to pretty much show the shining light at the end of the tunnel so that that creates that cultural buy-in, um, kind of going back to one of our podcast about selling. You have to be able to connect why we're going to go through these pain points, um, but how it's actually going to serve uh, not only the company's values, but the values of each employee. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But even when it comes to this idea of culture, like this didn't this didn't come to light for us until really it was you know early 2019 and it's kind of crazy the we, were, we always worked on culture but it was kind of culture was just a reputation of who we were we didn't put boundaries yes. in place no 100% i think that we definitely influenced the culture as leaders but we didn't have the tools on how to really create a strong culture, but also to set the standards for, you know, this is acceptable versus what's not acceptable. We, so we had a subjective culture, not an objective culture. <laughs> true, true. But, you know, one of the most important parts of this story is that you can create a business based off of intuition. You can create a business based off of passion, based off of perseverance. You can take risks and you can definitely get your business to a great place. But it does come to a point in time where you have to start using proven methodologies and you have to start looking at your business and not always working in your business. And then it comes to a point that you're big enough that you truly need to step into that leadership role because you cannot delegate the vision of your business. You cannot delegate the culture of your business. There are things that are non-negotiables that you have to be in charge of and really be that leader in the business. And you have to be the leader, not just really to the whole team, but especially to who you classify as your leadership team, your management team, your directors. And, you know, we went through so many different growth spurts and pain points. And I always joke that we were slow learners. 
because, but at the same time, we never had tools that really were like, that's it. That that really, really resonates with us because I found that there were all of these hacks on how to make more money and be more profitable, but a lot of it lacked integrity. And then there was, you know, oh, here's the big fancy marketing campaign. But again, you're doing a marketing campaign without being clear on who is your core customer? What do you stand for? What makes you different? What are the values of your company? What is your why? You know, what are the brand promises to the customer? So all of those things can become so much more impactful when you have a stronger foundation. And it literally wasn't until 2019 that, you know, the pandemic hit and we had various people that were out of the business, but Nick, myself, Dr. Phil, and we had uh, one individual at the front desk and one individual working in the detox spa. And this was, we decreased our, or we we pretty much only had five individuals out of 15 working. And in the office, in the office. And we just hit such a burnout after about two months to the point that I was just like, I, I didn't speak for three days. I couldn't even function. And when she did, it was, I can't. Yeah. It, it was it was scary. It was a really scary moment because I've never hit that type of low. And it wasn't just about working in the business, but it was the fact that I was still, you know, getting questions about marketing. I was having questions about operations, questions about front desk. And it was because I created this dynamic that I had my hand in every department and that I, everyone had to come to me for everything before a decision was made or, or if there was a problem. So I was r- literally the chief problem solver. And I just put my foot down. I said, we're done. I'm not doing this anymore. And I had two individuals that are friends and also entrepreneurs that mentioned the scaling up book. And I literally, we had the scaling up book for almost six years. It was very dusty on our shelf. And I decided to take it off the shelf and dive in because at that point, you know, I had nothing to lose. And I was never going to give up on our business. I just was like, I'm not I'm not continuing on this path for one minute longer. And I made a bold decision to cut my schedule by two thirds and really to take the reins on on the company. And we are now, what, over, what, a year later or uh, what, a year and a half later. Yeah. And... With all of the tools that we have implemented, first of all, I will say is I became a scaling up coach because I talked to a couple of scaling up coaches and they were baffled on what we implemented on our own. They're like, nobody can implement this book on their own. Like, that's why coaches exist, because this is hard. This is really hard things to implement on your own. They're like, you need to become a coach because this is insane that you've been able to do this. It's like you haven't met my wife yet. (laughs) But I think this is huge because... When I was going through the the coaching program, a lot of the individuals that were going through the coaching program were doing it to coach because, again, they've either um, they quit their jobs or they're moving out of corporate and now they want to move into this coaching realm. They want more freedom of their schedule, so on and so forth. And for me, I'm like, I am living this. I am truly living this. And I see where the where it gets hard. And I see the organizational piece. And I see how hard it is to 
to admit to yourself you have the wrong people in the wrong seats, like to have hard conversations about someone possibly leaving your company after they've been with you for five years. Like, like it's it's hard work, but holy shit, it is so freaking worth it. And I, I would just love for you to speak on it because you know, obviously you've been part of this and you've just been watching as the transformation has been happening. Yeah, it's like I ha I haven't read one page in Scaling Up, not going to lie. Uh, my whole thing is the human behavior aspects of it. So, Which you've come in, though, when we've been working with the team and the de leadership development and to help with that because oh, the human behavior piece is so massive. Yep. I mean, you can't have with the human behavior, it's human behavior and scaling go up they're just literally like husband and wife you, you, it's like you need both to be able to create an amazing family amazing business and with the scaling up portion of it you know sitting back and i always like to observe cause I like to understand everything but when it gets into that side of the business that's literally like a foreign language uh to me and you know there is so many nights that to be able to watch Nicole go through and just like devour the book and then devour another book recommendation that was in the book. And literally there must've been like 50 book recommendations in that book. We own every single one because <laughs> every single day Amazon was delivering three more books. And I was like, Oh my God, this is kind of insane. And, but you can tell the last time that she did this uh, was with functional medicine. You know, that was the transition between her coming uh, out of quote unquote, you know, being a chiropractor into more functional medicine. And the reason she did that is to get better results. You know, everything that we always do is, you know, results driven, adding, building more value. And that's really this, why this transition occurred. You know, it's like we got to a, a point in time, you know, we went, we started our journey as chiropractors and we got to a point in time where it's like, okay, this is awesome for people, but they're, we're still having more problems. They're still having more problems. So there has to be, you know, more, more to the situation. And that's when she got into functional medicine and then functional medicine was amazing. But then we hit that same uh, roadblock and then it's like, okay, so we're still missing something that got into integrative medicine to be able to look at more of Chinese medicine and, you know, energy and the mental emotional component to really look at the entire aspect of the human body and how it works. And it's really just that exact same process went through business for us is that, you know, we first uh, looked at what we knew, you know, we came into that information and it got us to a certain point, but we realized if we wanted more, what we have been doing got us to where we're at, wasn't going to take us to where we needed to be. And that was really when, you know, she hit that rock bottom, which is, you know, I was stoked and scared at the same time because understanding human behavior you know it's like once you hit that rock bottom it's like that's what forces us to make a change and then when i say forces that's when we decide so it's like decide is a decision when you break down the word side it means to kill so homicide pesticide herbicide they're all aspects of killing different things uh, when we make a decision when we decide we kill every other option and that's what she did she made 100 percent black and white decision that that was my old normal and this is what i'm creating right now and it was it was a journey and there was so many aspects uh, of time that were not easy but we had the clarity behind it uh, because literally the scaling up method is a tried and true uh, methodology to scale up. You know, it's been proven over and over and over. And as soon as she even got more clarity just from reading the book, but getting, you know, the coaching, the mentorship through the program, that's when I would say, 
you know, everything really started to start to look beautiful. You know, it's like when you're building a house and you're doing the foundation, the framing, you know, it looks, still looks ugly. But as soon as we're able to put up the drywall and some of the finishes, then it starts looking really pretty. And that's what I would say the scaling up really did is it allowed us to set a better, stronger foundation, but it also had all the systems in place to be able to put the right finishings in so that we could have that flow to be able to scale up and grow properly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, it, it almost makes me like emotional because yesterday we had our um, review of Q1 for uh, this year and it was just like finishing up. We're, we're, you know, wrapping up with like, what was our aha moment and, you know, what are our final thoughts and words for the session? And just sitting in a room this with, was just with our executive team yeah just with our executive team but sitting in a room slash zoom as well because we now embrace that remote life um you know with uh five other individuals that have grown so much as people as leaders that truly love their job which is then transpiring into their happiness with themselves, their confidence with themselves, and how is that showing up for their spouses and their families and their relationships, and the fact that they're still able to feel a sense of calm and a sense of confidence going through this crazy state of the world. Like, I just literally looked at them and I just was like, I'm just so proud of all of you. And I'm, I'm so proud of this company for being able to create a space that people truly feel inspired every day and that they're making an impact and it it took work and they were ride or die through the whole thing and i do feel very fortunate because i said you know as we were talking about the development of the programs for the integrative growth institute um i was talking with kelly who really heads program development and she's like you know what do you think like what do you forecast for working with individuals and i said to her i was like you have to understand is that you know our deep dive that we're doing is is taking them through like a diagnostic process to see where the issues are in the business and see where the foundation is weak and you know and so on and so forth and what are the goals like how do they want to grow do they want to grow how do they want to scale i go but if you just look at what we've gone through over the past year and a half with the, you know, the overhaul of Integrative Wellness Group and the Growth Institute, I'm like, you have to understand we were very lucky because we had people that were almost waiting, waiting for me to take the step back, waiting for me to truly step in as their leader and then give them the opportunity to grow and become better leaders. So we really didn't fire many people and have to bring brand new people in that had better credentials, quote unquote, or more experience. I had people on the team that were just kind of like, get the fuck out of my way and let me do things. But when we work with companies, there's a huge reality that they may have a team of individuals that are just not going to be a fit for where the company is going. And if you have to go through the fire and hire process, you know, we we would work together in a for a longer duration because not only are we now trying to develop the people that are currently on the team and completely shift the culture and set, you know, more boundaries and and a stronger foundation in, but now in addition to that, we also have to bring on new people and have a proper onboarding process and training process and so we're kind of like trying to, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Mesh. Steelhead? That's not a right word. 
Well, while you search for the word, I want to say that that's where one of the ways human behavior fits in so well, because, you know, you save so much money uh, as well as energy retaining employees. So, you know, it can be, quote unquote, in one instance, it's not your expertise to be like, it's going to be easier for me to be able to just hire somebody new and it's going to fit, you know, the right puzzle piece, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you could be saving a lot more money and energy from the training aspect of just being going through and saying, you know, because we all make decisions based on our perceptions, perceptions of seeing something that has, you know, more benefits to serve myself or something that's going to be, you know, more drawbacks, you know, I'm going to try to avoid that. So as we're making these transitions internally, it's be able to use the human behavior to be able to show them either way to be able to see like, you know, this is the transition that the business is going through to better, you know, the growth every single aspect but to be able to connect that down to the employee to be like and this is how it can serve you it may serve you so to be able to put the time and work in with them to be able to see if it's still going to be a win-win situation and then but you'll also give you clarity if it's not going to be a win-win situation and clarity for both sides because it's once you get down to that um, clarity it's you're not really firing anybody. And sometimes the employee will be like, you know, this isn't a good fit. This doesn't like, here's my notice. Like, thank you. Thanks for caring enough about me. So either way, whether you have to let somebody go or whether they let themselves go um, or they stay, it's really, it's a win-win situation. And that's what the goal is to be. And also the human behavior piece is really, you know, we focus a lot on the CEO in the beginning of the program because, you know, we're working with kind of two different dynamics. We're working with the CEO that is working in the business and doesn't really know how to work on the business or be the true leader of the company. And then we have some, you know, CEOs that are just beaten down and, and burnt out from, you know, their business just constantly having fires to be put out. So, you know, we have to kind of help to work through the current pain points, but also to look at like, where is this coming from? Like, is this a, a more of a deeper rooted limiting belief? Um, it, are there blind spots that are completely off the radar of the CEO as well? So these are all things that we take into consideration because they're all valid. They're all important. You know, there was definitely a lot of work that I did with uh, Nick from that Martini perspective and the human behavior perspective when I hit that all-time low because there were things that there was a reason why I wasn't letting go. There was a reason why I wasn't delegating. There was a reason why that I had to feel in quote unquote in control. So there were things that I had to work on myself outside of just helping to work on the business. And I think that that, you know, cannot be overlooked when you're really trying to overhaul your business. But I will definitely say, you know, as we wrap up here, one of the biggest things that I hear it over and over, and it was our own personal experience, and one of the biggest driving forces behind this massive change is that we had no life. Everything was about business. Everything. Every dollar spent, every investment, every decision, every dinner conversation, Everything was about business and we lost track of life. We lost track of fun. We lost track of a lot. Like we we weren't, you know, we barely would text people back. Like we were, weren't necessarily meeting up with family members or friends very often. You know, we found ourselves like needing a glass of wine at the end of the day just to chill our brains out. And it just wasn't good. 
And it got to a point, especially one of our our biggest core values for ourselves and the company is practice what you preach. And we were practicing or preaching, you know, health and wellness. And I was like, when's the last time we worked out? When's the last time that, you know, we were able to do something for ourselves? And we just really were faced with the question of, are you in a toxic relationship with your business? And the answer was hell yeah. Yep. So, you know, and if we were in a toxic relationship with the business, then obviously our other employees were as well. And it's inevitable. So don't think like, oh, I'm just the one working my ass off that's stressed when I go home. Like, no, chances are your employees are as well. And it's just, it's not a good environment. And it's really not the way that it's supposed to be. But, you know, since we've decided to make these changes, not only have we got our lives back, but we see the happiness and fulfillment in our employees and the business is actually doing better financially than it ever has. So you have to understand that it's not like, oh, well, if everybody's happy and we have a good company culture, then, uh, you know, we're going to financially suffer. Like, no, it all goes hand in hand. It's you're... the better it gets, the better it gets, the worse it gets, the worse it gets. Exactly. So, it, you know, it's time to really up level your business, up level your life and just be able to remember again, like what it's like to really just enjoy your business and enjoy your life and knowing that you can have those breaks. You can really treat your business as the business, not your end all be all everything. And that doesn't mean that you lose track of your mission and your or your purpose isn't as big. It just means that you're carving out more time to preserve yourself and grow yourself so you can make a bigger impact. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, you can't give something you don't have. We talk about this, I think, every single podcast. Um, but it's, you know, not lying to yourself. Like, this is a journey. There are struggles. There's pain points. But like we said, you know, if we create the pain that's going to serve us, then we'll go through and we'll be inspired. We'll go through both pleasure and pain to be able to serve ourselves and achieve those objective goals. Yeah. So we hope this was helpful and inspiring. Uh, you could clearly tell how passionate we are about what we do. And, you know, obviously we have a background in integrative medicine. And this is something that we know that we just can't ignore when we are talking to burnt out entrepreneurs. So we are not only, you know, bringing in the scaling up methodology to grow and scale your business, but we're also bringing in the human behavior to grow and scale yourself and your team. And in addition to that is being able to not ignore the elephant in the room that maybe you put your health on hold because you've been that busy entrepreneur only focused on the growth of your business. And now, you know, your health has suffered because that's so many of the individuals. So we're actually infiltrating the the integrative medicine side to allow you to not only just feel better because you're having more balance in your life and your schedule, but feel better because you're you're considering what's happening internally from the years of not eating and only drinking coffee and relying on different types of stimulants so that you can get more work done and, you know, just eating on the go constantly. Like, listen, we've been there too, so we get it, um, but it does take its toll. Luckily, we just know how to heal ourselves. Most entrepreneurs don't know how to do that. Yeah. And even combat. So it's like, you know, there's definitely, you know, we don't sometimes we over quote unquote extend ourselves in certain periods um, but realizing and having the background that we do we're always supporting that through different types of hacking and biochemistry different you know red lights pmfs like all these different technologies that we have access to so you know foundationally it's really about you know within first so you can give more externally and if you're not 
fueling yourself through all the different systems that you have to be able to provide energy for yourself, then it's like you're sitting an amazing sports car with like, you know, a 10 cylinder engine, but you can only have four cylinders working. So it's like, you know, what's the point of giving your all to a business when your all is only 50%. So it's always about fueling yourself up first. So you can actually give that maximum potential that you have. hundred percent. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed the story and some of the, you know, pearls and lessons that we've uh, we've gone through. Um, but definitely check out the Integrative Growth Institute uh, and you can learn a little bit more about some of the offerings. But, uh, you know, this is all packaged up with a bow for you because of we've walked the walk. It, we're not just talking it and being able to really have methodologies that work and give you your life back, I really, you know, I think that that's one of the best things that we can offer to entrepreneurs. Priceless. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Awesome.